Michael Vonnen. Welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel. I'm the Tolkien Geek, and in this video I'm going to talk about Leaf by Niggle, alternatively known as Tree and Leaf, which is another of Tolkien's short stories and the closest thing he ever wrote to an autobiography. And it's obviously not very detailed. It's a very short story, and it doesn't have a one-to-one -one correspondence with his life, but in, in theme, at least, it's a very one-to-one match in, in that sense. So I'll get to that and we'll talk about why it's a autobiographical work and how that relates to his overall body of work. So let's get started. So the basic story of Leaf by Niggle is there's an artist named Niggle who basically specializes in painting leaves. Okay, so seems kind of a strange topic, but he he draws leaves, paints leaves, and sooner or later he comes to start developing an entire tree and he works on it for a long long time he's trying to get all the details perfect and that's kind of where his name comes from he niggles over details and over time he gets more and more of the tree done but he keeps reworking bits going back and changing things because he wants everything to be absolutely perfect things get in the way he gets interrupted by his neighbors who need a hand he gets interrupted by, you know, just life circumstances, falling ill, and that sort of thing. And in the background, there's this idea that he's going to have to go on a journey that he won't really be able to get out of. And so there's this sense of time urgency. And basically, that's kind of the gist of the story, to the extent that I, you know, don't mind giving it away. Uh, and really, there's not much to spoil in the story, but I, you know, it's still worth reading uh, if you haven't read it before. It's really short, and you can find it in a lot of the same compilations that you can find Farmer Giles of Ham and or Smith of Witten Major, which I've talked about in previous videos. So if you pick up a compilation that has all three, you'll have it anyway. You know, it may not be worth picking up all by itself, but you probably can't find it by itself. So that's the basics of the story, and the reason why that's autobiographical is because it very much matches Tolkien's own life in terms of his development of both his languages that he invented and the mythology he invented to go with those languages. So, you know, he starts out in basically his college and post-college years really starting to develop this idea of an invented language the more he experiences language in the real world that he's, you know, he learns about Finnish, he learns about Welsh, he learns about all these, you know, a lot of them dead languages or at least not typical European languages. And the more that influences his own, you know, his own aesthetic in terms of his own language development. And the language development, as he progresses, he realizes he kind of needs an underlying mythology to fit it to make the evolution of the language to the extent that he's trying to have it evolve make more sense and, and seem more real. So he's constantly going back and revising languages and then constantly also going back and revising the mythology to go along with it. And that's, you know, the analog to the tree and the, the leaves. You know, he starts out with a few leaves here and there that he thinks are really beautiful, but then he finds he can't help but develop the entire thing into a huge tree, but then he never can really finish the tree because he's always trying to fix parts of it. And, you know, for those of us who are familiar with some of the background of The Lord of the Rings itself, 
you know, if you read the Lord of the Rings and you know something about its, its drafting and publication history, you realize that a lot of attention went to getting the details right. There, you know, he gets as detailed as making sure that all the dates match up with the phases of the moon and other things like that. So, you know, Tolkien is a very detail-oriented person, and he's constantly trying to improve upon the things that he's done and make them either more aesthetically pleasing or just fixing them in technical ways that make them work better with what he's trying to accomplish. And so, you know, that's basically why Leaf by Niggle is autobiographical. It's a very short story. It's obviously not intended to tell the entire story of Tolkien's life, but it does capture some of what his, his feeling toward his own life and his own private work, you know, not necessarily his academic work, what they actually earn money from, but what he considered kind of his life's passion. So that more or less covers the basics of the story. One of the interesting things about Leaf by Niggle is it kind of gives a little more of a human perspective on who, who Tolkien is, because a lot of us see Tolkien as basically a, a literary genius and a linguistic genius, because he came up with these languages that he developed basically from scratch. And he also wrote these, you know, vast stories to go in this well-developed mythology. And most of us don't really know Tolkien as a, you know, as a, what we might think of, you know, as a mere mortal like us, right? So, but the Leaf by Niggle story kind of gives us a little more insight into some of Tolkien's own inner thinking and, and even some of his kind of, you might say, personal failings. And what I mean by that is some of the things that interrupt Niggle's work and by extension the kind of things that Tolkien you know might have experienced in his own life are neighbors who need you know a hand they need some kind of a favor that take him away from what he's really wanting to do at the moment you know he finally sits down to work on what he really wants to work on and the next thing you know somebody's knocking at the door saying my car broke down can you take me to town to pick up some whatever you know, that type of thing. And, you know, that's the sort of thing that happens in life. But in Leaf by Niggle, it points out that Niggle is, you know, very begrudging about giving up the time that he has to work on his own personal projects. He does it out of a sense of obligation, but his where his heart is is really not necessarily in helping his fellow man so much as working on what he wants to work on. So, you get the idea that Tolkien himself may have been something like this as well. He may have been, you know, willing to help others because of a sense of obligation, probably out of a sense of Christian charity because he was a very devout Catholic. Uh, but for whatever reason, you know, he, he felt some reason why he needed to do these other things. And, of course, some of the things were actually, you know, things that he had to do to put money into the bank account so he could put food on the table and keep a roof over his family's head. So, I mean, it's not all on the level of personal favors and things like that, but you do get the idea that he was, in some sense, very frustrated by the fact that he could never really find enough time to put into his own work and, and finish what he had started. Would he have ever finished, even if he had a million years? Given his level of perfectionism, probably not. And if you read some of his other writings, uh, his nonfiction, some of his essays, such as A Secret Vice, where he talks about his own uh, enjoyment of developing languages, he mentions the fact that 
you know, linguistic taste can change over time, just like taste in just about anything can change over time. So, you know, he could probably go on forever making teeny tiny changes here and there because it's hard to nail down your aesthetic in a perfectly rigid set of, you know, anything. I mean, your artistic taste, you can always find ways to improve things. Your language taste, you can find ways to improve things. It really doesn't matter. But, you know, you do at least get the sense that he never really finished anything. And, of course, we know that that's true at some level because the Silmarillion, which uh, Christopher Tolkien published a few years after J.R.R. Tolkien's death, was never properly finished. You know, the, the first age stories that were the bedrock of Tolkien's mythology never really saw completion. Some of the Silmarillion is stuff that Christopher Tolkien had to kind of guess at and put into the book without any real final source material because Tolkien was constantly editing, changing, reworking. And so we know just on that level that there were a lot of things that he never finished. And there were even things in The Lord of the Rings after it saw publication that ended up having to be changed for later editions because there were either mistakes or things that he realized should probably be a little bit different to fit other things. And that goes down even to language changes. I mean, the, the, the people of Lothlorien in the original edition of Lord of the Rings were called the Galadrim, which seems to fit well with Galadriel. But in the later editions, it changes to Galadrim because Galad, as opposed to Galad, is the root for tree, whereas Galad is the root for light. And I think they're even from different elven languages, but I don't remember for sure off the top of my head. But that just gives you an idea of, you know, he's still changing things even after some of his works get published. So that, you know, is an interesting look into Tolkien's head as far as, you know, seeing how this uh, constant drive to really perfect what he's working on leaves him a little bit frustrated and never really able to get exactly what he wants, even if it isn't ever going to be a completed thing because he can always change it. It's not even complete in the sense that he really gets it in a final draft form that might maybe just gets tweaked here and there based on taste. So in that sense, Leaf by Niggle is a very interesting story because it definitely does humanize Tolkien a good deal. And it's the only first person perspective we really have in, in those terms, other than, you know, you can read his letters and get some hints and snatches here and there. But Leaf by Niggle is kind of the only thing where he kind of sits down and you know he's basically writing about himself. So definitely worth picking up, definitely worth reading if you've already picked up uh, one of the other uh, compilations that I've mentioned before that contains Smith v. Wooden Major or Farmer Giles of Ham. You may already have it, and it's definitely worth reading, so I hope you do. So that's Leaf by Niggle or Tree and Leaf. I uh, hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, please like it and share it around. Please also subscribe to the channel, or you can follow me at JRRTLore on Twitter. And until next time, I'm the Tolkien Geek signing out for the Tolkien Lore channel. Namadier.